in this country for the last 30 years on all sorts of infrastructure. We have kicked the can down the road and essentially just left the cost to, to future generations to be their burden. Welcome to Imbi. Are you more of a NIMBY, not in my backyard, or a YIMBY, yes in my backyard? Well, I'm sure it all depends. I'm Rachel Sturgis, and in this brand new podcast from Unihunger FM, I'm taking a look at infrastructure projects being planned in my backyard. In this episode, we're talking about taking the politics out of transport, because in a perfect world, if we took the decisions out of the hands of politicians, things would get done more quickly and we'd have no more uncertainty, right? Peter Dunn wrote recently for Newsroom, Transport is an example of the worst aspect of contemporary politics, where politicians scrap and argue about what should be done, then blame each other when nothing happens. I guess as a former politician himself, he'd know. Kia ora, ko Tony Coglin, toku ingoa. My name is Tony Coglin. I am the Tumuaki principal at Royal Oak Intermediate School. I've been here at Royal Oak for four and a half years, but prior to that, I spent 15 and a half years at Onihunga High School in a variety of roles. So I've been working in education in this community for, it'll be 20 years next month. Well acquainted with Onihunga. Reasonably well, yes. <laughs> so tell me about your association with the light rail project, Tony. So my association with the light rail project is both personal and professional. I was invited to be a part of the Onihunga Neighbourhood Liaison Group, so I've attended those meetings. But I also live in Mount Roskill. And so commute to from work via virtually the route, the uh, proposed route of the light rail project. And I'm also a big advocate for alternative forms of transport. So just as an example, we run cycling school buses here for students at the start of the year to get kids biking to school safely. Mm. And what do you think about light rail being treated a bit like a political football? Without wanting to get too political about it, but you know, various people just wanting their own wanting their own bottom line to look look great. The fact of it is, human populations worldwide are growing. My own school is predicted to double in size in the next twenty years. We're master planning with the ministry for new buildings, and in fact, already have new role growth classrooms in place. If the Labour government doesn't come back into power, then we're going to be seesawing between all these different options once again. So it's it's a pretty sobering thought that we're going to be in limbo, possibly, again. Yeah, as long as whatever solution whoever's in power comes up with isn't more roads. Because there's very, very clear evidence from bucket loads of research worldwide that you build more roads, they just fill up with more cars and you end up exactly yeah. where you started. Um, Auckland cannot continue to get bigger, cannot continue to get more spread out, cannot continue to be reliant on cars. We must do something different. I talked to journalist and senior New Zealand Herald writer Simon Wilson, who thinks that even though some of the opposition parties want to scrap light rail, there are transport projects the two major parties agree on. So National has announced a commitment to transit uh, mass transit, and they've particularly identified the finishing the Eastern Busway, which is happening anyway, so that's going to happen, putting the Botany to the airport line on a fast track and making that 
a busway, which is very likely what Labour would have done. So they're, they're, they're aligned on those things. And also on building a northwest rapid busway, uh, which again is, is also in Labour's plan. So they're aligned on that as well. Northwest busway would, would go alongside the northwest motorway and go all the way to Kumiya. But they've also announced they'll scrap the tunnelled light rail uh, project from city centre to uh, through Onihanga to the airport. And they haven't announced anything to replace it. No, so well, that's that, what I'm wondering. That enormous catchment, which Labour has identified over and over and over as being important to serve for all the reasons, um, linking the two biggest employment areas in the city, Yeah, they haven't said they're going to do anything along that, mm. along that route. So that's kind of astonishing. It, it, um, I, I don't quite understand that. Um, but you're absolutely right. It ought to be possible, given that the two sides are not 100 miles apart. Um, no. Uh, it ought to be possible for this, for the transit solutions for Auckland to be relatively non-partisan. So, why are so many politicians so cautious when it comes to transport policy? One example I can think of is the Mangakirkir Tamaki local board wants the route through Onihanga to be tunnelled instead of being on the surface. What's that about? Why is tunnelling a preference? And is there a short or a long-term benefit to that, right? Local resident Alec Tang is a sustainability consultant and lecturer, and he's well acquainted with the challenges that politicians face. And if the, if the question is, we think it should be tunnelled because it will minimise disruption for the people here now, you go, well, okay, but the benefit of light rail is for generations to come. So so we need to have that lens. I, I think this is a classic challenge that politicians and, and having worked to council, I know this is a, a challenge that all, whether it's local board or ward councillors or probably even like national level politicians, the challenge that they face is they obviously have an electorate that's here now saying this is what I this is what I want, this is my concern. But as a politician, you also have to think about those who our voices to come and, and what is the need and and then your role to try and paint that picture or understand that the 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 world of the past is something that you can pine for forever but actually is not a reality. The world is changing rapidly. And so your role is to yes listen to your local community but really think about those, particularly when we think about long-term investments for the benefit of future generations, what's the best solution for them? And then how do you help the people of today understand why we need to think about that long-term, whether it's a climate thing, whether it's an equity thing, whether it's actually because we're going to see a whole bunch of developments in this area and it's really important to do that. But um, politics is so short-term, isn't it, Alec? And it, you know, it goes without saying that with a general election coming up in a, well, a few weeks' time, that makes things even worse, really, doesn't it? Those are some of the really challenging for any, but but really important role that I think um, they they need to play to be able to articulate. And again, as I said, quite complicated things, but things that are very much long term in terms of you know the implications of making a decision for what seems to be right now, like taking out tram lines. But actually, when you project forward, you go, well, no, actually, for the benefit of the future, this is what. 
this is what we should be doing. And it's difficult for the people of today, and it may result in impacts with people. But actually, it's the right thing to do. We can, you know, we can build and develop this as a network over time, rather than trying to do, have one project that solves all problems, and it, which is what we're trying to do now: is, is have one project that does everything. That's Matt Lowry, who heads up GreaterAuckland.org.nz. The site was established to provide commentary and encourage intelligent debate on transport and urban issues. Throughout 2016, when Phil Goff stood, till about 2018, when the government got sidetracked by these tunnel options and, and these overseas investments, that kind of thing that National are talking about now, there was effectively no communication. And what happened during that time, because of, because of all the elections and no one wanted to talk anything because it didn't want to risk influencing an election. Yeah. But because of all that, it opened up the space for people to spread misinformation about the project and saying it's going to be slow and low capacity and and a bunch of other things about it that were just not true, but that officials never challenged because they didn't want to be seen as influencing the, the outcome of, of elections and what have you. Yeah. And as a result, I think there's a big misconception about just the level of quality that light rail would bring to the corridor, the speed it is, the, the capacity, the the urban regeneration potential that it, that it has. So, listening to that, it seems that this political hot potato has been dropped again and again to the detriment of some really good transport strategies. What exactly is needed then? We talk about, like in the world that I'm working in, where we're talking about sustainability and change, we need leadership, right? Bold leadership to take us forward. And it's challenging when any attempt to, to do things that are bold gets attacked or it's scrutinised to the nth degree. Mm, mm. Going on from what you were saying about politicians, and I'm not going to get political in that sense, but you know, do any politicians actually have that sort of vision I mean, the, the politicians now, and it's an election year, so, you know, it's all going a bit um, yeah. haywire at I, the moment. But I think it's really, really challenging. I do see people who are really strategic. I think I think the domain that they're working in is really challenging, and the, the spotlight of the press is really, really hard. And I think that that makes it really off-putting for some really good, you know, potentially good I don't mean like there's probably a whole cohort of people yeah. who don't even want to step into the world of politics because they look from the outside and see this really can be quite toxic within and outside and don't want to go anywhere near it and I think that's that's just bad for us as a community as a society that we put off people who who potentially could be great leaders from that sense and I think I think that's a real um, a real shame and I, I think we need to we need to really think about the implications of that and 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 I'm talking regardless of your political leaning. Like we need great debate fundamentally. The politics, though, <laughs> politics is anything but easy to resolve. And that's even before you throw in the the show of politics or the politics where it's just attack of someone else's position rather than debating the merits of your own position and trying to have that really fulsome and important um, discussion. So we know that things have to change with a shift to public transport, mass transport, because if we keep on pumping out emissions at the rate we are, then we're in trouble. And really, that's a political issue too, isn't it? So, yeah, so climate change is very much a political issue. We have solutions. We have light rail. We have bicycles. We have all kinds of things that can help us get around with fewer emissions that can be more resilient to the impacts of climate change. It's just actually... Um, 
doing it, really. And I think it should be depoliticized. Is that a word? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's yeah, a great totally. shame that politics just gets in the way. And that's for two things. I mean, well, for all of climate change, politics yeah. is just getting in the way the whole time yeah. because 100%. basically it means changing our lifestyles and politicians don't yeah. want to make us do that because we won't vote yeah. for them. One of one of the things I do is I lecture at, at AUT on sustainable business and and we talk a lot about climate change as an example of a, of a wicked issue or a really challenging issue. And fundamentally, we talk about the science, the economics and the politics of climate change. And fundamentally, we go, the science is complicated, but it's it's there. It's We know what it is and people have done huge studies and and, and, and release findings and all that kind of stuff. So we know what the science is, but we it's complicated to explain, but it, it is what it is. The economics is also complex, but but we know why we're ending up in the situation we are. We know the economic settings, and we know that actually if we shifted things, if we weren't so financial about everything, if we tried to internalize all those things that we've externalized, like carbon emissions, like pollution, all these things that we've discounted and yada, 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 then we can resolve that. I feel I feel like we've gone we've gone quite far away from light rail, right? Well, yeah, but you can't have the two in isolation. No. If it's not light rail, you've got to have some sort of mass transit. Yeah. Um, and all the political parties agree that you know congestion is yeah. terrible in Auckland, but nobody yeah. wants to tackle it. So, one last thing I would say: one of the things that I was involved with when I was at Auckland Council was the development of the Auckland Plan 2050, the refresh of the Auckland Plan. And the, for those of you who don't know, there are six outcomes from that Auckland Plan. And there was a recognition through the development phase that we can't possibly know the specifics of what Auckland looks like in 30 years' time in 2050. What we can do is we can talk about what are the kinds of conditions that are necessary for a sustainable, thriving city. And those are the six outcomes, homes and places, environment, cultural heritage, um, uh, Māori, culture and identity, and so on. The one... The one that was least talked about but fundamental was a sense of belonging and participation and a sense of belonging in the place but fun, but participation, like civic participation, participation in your city. So, so this kind of stuff is fantastic. I think the more people who can understand and be interested and curious about what's going on in their cities and their, their neighbours and their communities is really important. And the more people who put their hand up and go, look, I'm interested by this and I'm, I may have some reservation, but, but I understand the direction we're going. And then this goes back to how do we help our politicians be confident in the leadership role they're playing? Often they hear the very much the no's and we don't want and we can't and consultations often bring out that negativity. And it's actually really important that people stand up and go, actually, I'm, I know that we've got a big challenge ahead with climate change. I know I'm going to have to change. I'm not entirely sure how that's, you know, but but I see that direction and I want to go. I want, I, I understand that we've got to do things differently. And it's so important that middle ground of voices, it's often you hear the loud on either end of the spectrum and you don't hear that middle ground, which actually gives, whether it's politicians, whether it's decision makers, the confidence that actually it's not just these two extremes. Actually, there is a large body of people who are, are really, really interested in their communities because the worst is to have a populace that is just so apathetic about their community or, you know, that it falls apart. There's lots of opportunities that need to be recognised and realised, but, you know, it's going to take some time to make that happen.
And for people to really understand that, people really struggle with change. Amanda Wellgreen is the town manager for Unihunger Business Association, and she's had enough of the uncertainty. What are your thoughts on this being a a political issue? So one government comes along and says, let's do this. And then the next government comes along and says, let's not do this and let's scrap it. So the east-west link, which was, a you know, the, the roading motorway and which would have affected Unihunger quite a lot, uh, National wanted it, Labour came in, scrapped it, Labour said let's have light rail. Do you think there should be some sort of decision making that's not actually political, that's not held by a political party? Oh, wouldn't that be nice? It would be so good, you know, from a business perspective, the change of policy and the change of priorities every three or six years is so challenging to work through because nothing's ever carried out you just sort of you just sort of in no man's land so it would be great to just have one thing go ahead do you think that could change amanda well the goal is the same for everybody and that's to have faster transport whatever the you know however different parties believe that's going to come around i would just prefer that one thing got stuck to and you don't then change it because it's just so hard for the community. That's the third episode of IMBI. A little something to ponder as we head to the election. In my next and final episode of this season, I'll be looking at the issue of the land set aside for heavy rail in Unihunger. After consultation with the community, Auckland Light Rail scrapped that route as an option. But now, the government is planning to revive the heavy rail route, making use of that land anyway. So what would freight trains coming through our backyard mean for residents, schools and businesses, and the manner of the land? So, follow the show on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favourite podcasts. And if you've got a few minutes to leave a review on Apple, we'd really appreciate it. I'd like to thank everybody that joined me to share their views and a big shout out to the Mangakiakia local board who funded the creation of this season. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast and you'd like to reach out, I'm available on at Rach Sturge on Facebook, Instagram and X, formerly known as Twitter. Or you can email me on rachel at unihunger.fm. I'll catch you in the next episode of Imbi, In My Backyard. After all, it's your backyard too.